Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, the Socceroos, two wins, two clean sheets, six points and through to the next round and a good chance to top their group. So on paper, everything's looking pretty good. The performances, maybe not at their very best. Andy Harper is over there covering the Asian Cup for 10-10 play and Paramount Plus and he joins us this evening. Hello, Andy. Jules, how are you, mate? Very well. Uh, we can't complain with the points, the clean sheets and the progress in the tournament so far. So does it does it yep. matter, given it is tournament play, that the performances haven't been at their, their very best? Well, I don't think so. I mean, um, <clears throat> we look back, depending on how far the Socceroos go in the tournament, uh, you look back at the history books and that colours everyone's view, whether it says a, a W next to your name or an L next to your name. It's been hard watching at times in, in the meantime, in the here and now, uh, and no one's shying away from that. The players know they can do better, want to do better. Same with the coach. Um, but, you know, you, you, you're right to talk about the wins and, and the great defence because you've got to look at this thing holistically and <clears throat> that part is is a huge positive. I mean, the way the team is defending, uh, particularly against Syria yesterday, a much bigger test than India, of course, and there'll be a, a bigger test again, we imagine, against Uzbekistan. But uh, as Graham Arnold's mantra is, as long as you're not conceding goals, you're a massive chance to win a game and uh, being vindicated at the moment. Not that great on the eye um, and we can be fussy as fans, demanding as fans, and that's fair enough. And the team's certainly going to have to play a bit better than they are or a lot better than they are now when the bigger teams uh, come up against them. It's just the three goals in the two games so far. Going forward, the Socceroos, is it is it more what they're not doing with the ball and, and a lack of creativity yeah. or is it just being very, yeah. very difficult to break down the way that their first two opponents have set up? Well, I think one's playing into the other. Um, you know, the, 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 the opponents are, are squeezing the field as a first priority against Australia. And it's difficult for anything. The best teams in the world can find this difficult. difference between the very best teams in the world and where our guys are finding themselves at the moment is that when they do make that breakthrough, they have the quality to optimise the chance. Um, we, we're sort of lacking in that at the moment, the touch is a little bit off. And I think in the lead-up play as well, one of the reasons uh, we're finding it a bit harder to break down is uh, the, the individual uh, approach of players is is very constrained, it seems to me. I'm very straight-jacketed. And I'm, I'm sure this is not something that's been put on them by the coach. I think it's just an individual thing. Because you look at the difference that Riley McGree makes when he comes on. He's a special talent and is emerging as this group's uh, key player. But his ability to feint, step over the ball, change direction, send defenders in the wrong one way while he goes the other, is is a trait that other players have, but we need them to release it uh, and, and find the, the, I don't know, the state of mind where they're comfortable having a go at doing it, breaking the field open and then going. Martin Boyle's lead up to the goal is a classic example. You know, this is... This has to happen on a more frequent basis in the midfield and the front third um, to break these teams down and to earn 
uh, the joy that comes with that space and and and, uh, and the advantage it can provide the football team. I was going to ask you about Riley McGree because both games he's come off the bench and had an impact. Does he does he need to start yeah. next game? Should he be starting? Well, I think the plan is going to be to get him starting as soon as they're comfortable. He's ready. He's just come back from a long injury. Yep. I'm assuming they're just piling some game minutes into him. But him and he's made his own case. Uh, it's clear. Although I asked Jackson Irvine on this uh, on the telly last night, is it as simple as Riley coming on and changing the game? Or is it, as, is, is it a combination of Riley and other subs coming on once the softening up period is finished? Um, and, and Jackson Irvine, whose word I'm prepared to take, said, in his view, it's a combination of both. Now, Riley's a special talent, but there's a lot of graft that's gone on in the 60 minutes preceding his entry, yep. which has perhaps softened things up. So no, I think they're managing that quite well. I've got no doubt that Graham Arnold and the players are frustrated um, with their possession play at the moment. Um, but, you know, forewarned is forearmed. I'm sure I'm, I'm, they've just got to find that key to release. And the other point is um, the, the Matildas, the Socceroos, both in the same camp here, uh, teams that sit back are, are difficult for us to break down, mm. whether it's the Matildas or the Socceroos. So as we get into the a deeper into the competition and we're playing some of the other teams that will have a more proactive approach to their football, uh, Australia can then play on a more reactive sort of scene. At this point, they're better at that, um, as we've seen when they played all the big teams in the World Cup and and then Argentina, England, Mexico, etc., in the matches, friendly matches since. And they did very, very well. But the tenor of the game changes with these, with these more powerful nations. And Australia finds that space and sufferers find their place in that a, a little bit more comfortably at the moment. It's, it's been Andy Harper, Channel 10 and Paramount Plus football commentator, Asian Cup, Aussies 2 from 2. Next up, it's Uzbekistan, uh, 9.50 Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Tuesday night on 10, 10 play. And... Paramount. Uh, do you think Harps that Graham Arnold knows what his best eleven is yet? I mean, three changes for this game. Burgess, O'Neill and Bossall came in to the team for Rolls, Backus and Goodwin. Do you think he's got an ideal starting eleven in his mind, or he's still working through that as the tournament progresses? No, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's an issue for him. My read is he's got a, a, a you know, a first fourteen or fifteen in his mind. And he'll bring players in and out according to the assignment. It was very clearly the case last night that, that Keanu Bacchus didn't start is a clear indication of that. Not that Keanu Bacchus has fallen out of favour for the game. I think he's been one of Australia's better players um, over the last series of internationals. I think his growth has been phenomenal. Um, and that, But I think he's part of this. It, it's not a rotation for the sake of it, but very clearly last night, I might ask Graham Arnold before, you know, Syria were physically a very, very big team and he wanted a, just a little bit more height and grunt. So Burgess comes in for Kai Rolls. Kai, it's not to say that Kai Rolls did anything wrong, uh, but Cam Burgess has got a, an extra few inches in height. Um, and Aidan O'Neill comes on in midfield. He's a more powerful type player, uh, presumably to deal with the perceived power of the Syrian team. So I don't think Garney is moving towards the first 11. I think he's, he's, he's building a top group of players in his mind for this tournament and it's uh, and it's uh, cut your cloth accordingly per game and, and we'll, we'll see changes again I expect for the next match against Uzbekistan but the, the, the big talking point for me as far as team selections go and we've already hinted at it is when they feel it's right to start Riley McGree I mm-hmm. think that um, at this point that changes the discussion markedly. How important is it for the Socceroos to finish top of this group 
given what it you know, might mean for their second opponent? Well, obviously, this, it, it's great for the... Um, again, it's great for the record books and it's great for the group. If they can get through with three wins <coughs> to finish top, they don't need a win to finish top, of course. A draw will do, but... The other, the other thing is, I haven't quite worked out the snakes and ladders of this yet um, because the other groups are still in play. Although I think at this point, finishing top of the group heads us to a, a, a Japan semi-final. I think your listeners might um, be able to correct me on that. And so in that sense, to finish second and avoid Japan <laughs> wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing because they're an incredible football team. From what you've seen so far, and it's only early days, are they still, are they clearly the team to beat from your point of view. And just overall, yeah. your thoughts on the tournament so far, the sort of reaction it's it's getting, the feel around uh, Qatar for the tournament? Yeah, I think, well, you know, the, the Qatar is a, a, a country full of expat workers in the service industries, construction industries. Um, in fact, there's more, by, by some degree, there, there are more expats working here than there are um, Qataris. And so... Uh, obviously, when Qatar are playing, they get in a full house. But because of the size of the expat community, plenty of other teams are getting a great following. Syria, Iraq, Lebanon, you know, Palestine, UAE, etc., uh, etc., et <coughs> which is making for great atmospheres in the stadiums. And the streets are, are pretty lively, actually, uh, which is terrific. It's been a fun tournament. The football, by and large, <coughs> excuse me, has been very, very good. Malaysia disappointed badly uh, in the first game. China's disappointed in two games. They're, they are so far off the pace, Jules. It's incredible. Um, you know, all the all the splash, the cash that went into trying to uh, propel Chinese football from around 2015, it's gone nowhere, mate. They, they are in all sorts of trouble. It's the worst China team performances that I've, I can remember seeing since we've been in Asia in 2007. Uh, on the flip side of that, you know, we've had, uh, Tajikistan have just been a complete revelation. They haven't won a match yet, but that's not because they shouldn't have. I reckon they got stiffed badly against Qatar the other day. Um, and they've been one of the more uh, watchable teams. And then today we'll get another read on, on Japan, and particularly Iraq, who, are, who who I think are a dark horse to mm. cause a lot of danger. They play today, and I can't wait for that game. Japan versus Iraq will be a must-watch as far as I'm concerned. And Andy, before I let you go, it's obviously been a, a big week uh, for the APL. 50% of the staff... Uh, laid off, which I'm sure, I don't know if it surprises you, but I'm sure it frustrates you and, and disappoints you. What was your reaction when you heard that news? Well, firstly, and honestly, I just, I feel for people who are losing their jobs. It's not a great time. <clears throat> Never a good time to lose your job. And I, I don't know the individuals involved. I haven't seen who's been moved out of the place. But um, on an individual level, it's probably uh, the, the state of the administration, as we're reading about it, um, is not because of the individual efforts, I'm sure, of people who are about to, to lose their jobs. So the first reaction was, was um, empathy for them. Um, and, and secondly, is this massive frustration at, at, at how, thing, how badly, as we're reading, things seem to have stalled. Conversely, uh, almost miraculously, it seems, what's happening on the field in the A-League men's comp and A-League women's comp is, is fantastic. Mm. I mean... It is so good to watch. It's such a tight competition. The quality uh, and the excitement in most of the games, you never get 100% excitement in any league, in any sport, in any country in the world. But but I think we're way over the average threshold. And, and it just every weekend, uh, last weekend, banging goals, 4-3 results. Um, it was 
it, I just love it. I think it's so fun to watch. The fans who are, who are engaged with it, I'm sure, are finding it the same. But equally <clears throat> and paradoxically, the frustration runs high for fans of the game. Just instead of reading about the celebrations in the game again, they have to um, uh, turn into news, which 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 kicks them in the guts again as fans of the game. So it's beholden upon you know, the custodians, the leaders to sort this stuff out and, and, and keep giving the fans reasons to believe. Yeah, still plenty of work to do, but let's focus on the positives for the moment. The Socceroos, two from two, Uzbekistan on Tuesday night. You can catch that match, 9.50pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time on 10.10 play. And Paramount to Andy Harper, a big part of the coverage. Uh, thank you, Andy, and uh, enjoy the next match with the Socceroos and the football in between. My pleasure, Jules. Thanks for having me. Andy Harper there, he's doing some great work with 10-10 play. And Paramount, the Socceroos, two from two, just in a draw, as Andy mentioned there, against Uzbekistan to top the group ahead of the next stage of the Asian Cup. Plenty of more sports day to come after the break.